So we're in, we are in week number four of a five-part series this morning. And I want to start out our time together this morning by telling you a little bit about my journey, about my faith journey. It, it kind of restarted or started over, I would say, when I came back to church in my early 20s. Brooke and I had been married for a few years, and we both had made decisions to follow Christ previously. Um, but to, to be quite honest, we were not doing a very good job of following him on a daily basis. We were not involved. We were not involved in the church. We were not reading our Bibles. We were not praying like we should have been. So we were not doing a very good job of following him. So we found a church and we got plugged into it. We got involved in every aspect of it we could. And we began to study the Bible. We began to, to pray for wisdom and for God to direct our lives. And, and the more I did this, the more I studied the Word of God, the the more questions that seem to come up. And I think that's because when you come back to church as an adult or when you come to church uh, as an adult for the first time or even maybe out of a church system that um, taught in a way that you maybe could not understand real real good, uh, you have questions. You often have questions. And, you know, opposed to when you're a child and you're told a story, a Bible story, or in your church you're told something about God, you just kind of are told, you know, this is what happened, this is the way it is, and you're like, okay, that's the way it is. But when you're an adult, um, you often have questions, and you may have some doubts, and, and I had lots of questions. And I want to just share with you a few of the questions that, that, that I bumped into that when, when I began to dive into the Word of God, when I began to study God's Word as, um, in my early 20s as, as a young adult. So, and we're not going to have time to answer these questions. Because you're an old adult now. Um, this, believe it or not, this is almost like, you know, 15 years ago. Because you're what, like 21? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're not going to have time to answer these questions. Um, but I just want to be completely honest with you guys. These are some of the things that, that I struggled with, the questions that I struggled with. And um, one of them was the question of where did we get the Bible? Where did it come from? Where, why were these 66 letters or books, why were they included in the Bible and other things not included? And is it accurate? Can we trust it? And another question that I had is that if God is, in fact, all-powerful, all-knowing, and, and this is a big one. I know a lot of people had this question. If God is all-knowing, all-powerful, then why is there so much pain, so much suffering in the world today? And another question that, that I bumped into was, if God is um, in control of everything, you know, if the, the, in the providence of God, how is it that, that God can be in control of everything and us still have the ability to make our own choices? How does that work itself out? And it just seemed at the time like there was some contradiction there. So those were some of the, the big questions that, that I wrestled with as an adult coming back to church. And what I found is that I was not the only person asking those questions. And my pastor at the time, I would go to him, I would send him an email or call him, and say, you know, this is the question I had. And he, you know, he was always open to my questions. He never shut me down. And it, not that he always had an answer on the spot. Sometimes he would direct me to a resource or a book or something. But I found along the way that I was not the only person asking these questions. And while studying the Bible, I, 
I ran into, or I bumped into some writings from some guys like Norm Geisler and William Lane Craig and Josh McDowell, these brilliantly minded people that wrote extensively on, this to- on these topics that, that I was struggling with. And they would always point me back to Scripture, so it would go back to the Bible and study some more. And, but they wrote a lot on this topic because a lot of people were asking these questions. A lot of people had some questions, had some doubts. And if we are completely honest this morning, I know a lot of people in this room have either had some questions, had some doubts, or currently have questions, currently have some doubts. So, uh, and maybe your questions are some of the questions I had, maybe not. Maybe your questions are other questions about the Bible or doubts about God or who his character is or who he is. But, but I know this, from time to time, we have questions. We have doubts. And we have, we have moments or areas that we, we doubt in. And, but here, here's the good news. Don't, don't miss this. Doubt is not the end of real faith. This is what I found to be true in my life. This is what I've found to be true in other people's walk with Christ. That doubt is not the end of real faith, but it's often the beginning it's often the beginning if we push through. Um, this morning we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture, that, that an event, a historical event that happened right after the resurrection of Jesus. What happened, Jesus died, was buried in a tomb. Three days later he come back to life and he, he walk, he's walking down the road and he walks up right after he right after the resurrection, he walks down the road and he walks up to these two men talking. And they're actually talking about Jesus. And he walks up in Jesus' fashion and is like, hey, what are y'all talking about? And the guys stop and turn towards him and look at him and are like, Who are, where are you from? You know, you have to be the only person like around Jerusalem that don't know what's going on. Like, where are you from? And they did not know, they did not recognize it as being Jesus. So they continue to walk and talk and they invite this man that they don't know at the time is Jesus into their home for a meal, and they sit down, and it's at that time that Jesus opens their, opens their eyes to the fact that it is him, that it is Jesus resurrected from the grave. And then he just disappears. He's gone. So these two guys are like, whoa, I mean, it's Jesus. So they, what are we going to do? They run to the, le- the, the, closest deci- the closest followers of Jesus, the 11 disciples, and tell them what's going on. And in the middle of telling them, Jesus appears to them, and he's like, peace be with you. And they are freaking out at this point. It says the whole group was like scared and startled and because they thought they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus is like, look, put your hand in my hand, in the nail print, in the, in the nail scarred hand. Put your hand on my side. Ghosts don't have this. This is me. This is Jesus. So we pick up this story in John chapter 20, verse 24, and listen to what's going on here. It says, one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. So Thomas was not there behind these closed doors in this locked room when Jesus pops in and says, hey, and it kind of scares <laughs> the poo out of Boom. him. Yeah. Um, so Thomas was not there. So because this, he, he missed out on this powerful proof and this peace knowing that Jesus was bodily resurrected 
and was there alive. Verse 25, it says, They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, This is Thomas replying. He said, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Thomas here got the nickname Doubting Thomas. Thomas refused to settle for a secondhand faith. He refused to, to believe based on what someone else told him. He wanted to see, he wanted to experience Jesus firsthand. Thomas, he had, he had some questions. He had some doubts. And I think so often in our culture, in our society, we would do good to, to ask these few questions to ourselves about our faith. Questions like, do I believe because my parents believe? Do I just believe because this is what my parents believe? So this is what I'm supposed to believe. Or do I just believe because it's our tradition, because we live in the South and what you do on Sunday is you go to church. Because So do I believe just because it's our tradition to believe? Right. And you know, Donnie has presented a case that we all have doubts, myself included. We have doubts at times and sometimes seasons in our life. We just experience doubt. My question for us is, what do we do with those doubts? When we doubt, not if, when we have doubts, what do we do to deal with them? Sometimes we get bombarded by doubts. Sometimes we might be thinking, well, Jesus, he was a good man, or maybe he was just a teacher or a prophet. I don't know about whether or not he was really God or not. That's a doubt. We have doubts about world religions. We have doubts about what, you know, what about all these other teachings out there with religions. Some people would say, well, why did God make it so difficult to get to know him? I mean, if he was really out there, wouldn't he have just made it more simple, made it more clear, made it easier? And then sometimes the doubts aren't about these big spiritual doubts. Sometimes they're doubts just about what is God's plan for my life? What does he want me to do? I've asked a friend to come up and share with us, and she's going to share with us some of the doubts that she's had. Because sometimes we wonder, is this what God really wants me to do? I, I mean, maybe you've already planned on following him or you are following him, but maybe you simply have a doubt about, I'm not sure, do I need to go this way or this way? Is this God's purpose for me? Is this what he has for me? Is this the right step? Is this what he wants me to do? And so I have invited my friend, your friend, Crystal, and she is going to share with us some of the doubts that their family have experienced over the last couple of years and so I'm thankful that she's being brave for us today to share with today probably a couple hundred of your closest friends here at Stuttgart Harvest Church. Share with us, um, get us started on some of the doubts you have had. Um, okay, so in the last three years probably is when I've really noticed a huge change um, with all of it. And um, it began three years ago whenever God placed an opportunity for a business in my life that I wasn't aware that God was doing. Um, uh -huh. Now that I can step back and look at the whole picture, I see why he did what he did. 
um, year and a half ago about is when he called us to homeschool. And so that was not anything that we had planned on doing. Um, we were on vacation during registration, and we were excited about who our teacher was going to be. Um, the next week we went to register. We found out that the teacher was who we wanted. Um, it was it was a very exciting time. But in the back of my mind, I knew that God was calling us to homeschool. I had decided that I was going to put it off. I was going to wait until um, after Christmas break and then start. That would give me time to research. It would give me time to look for curriculum because, again, we weren't um, we weren't going to homeschool. Like this yeah. was not our idea. Right. You didn't start your family and have that plan. You know what? When they get school age, we're going to homeschool. Right. This was kind of God kind of just kind of sprung this on you. Really fast. And it wasn't yeah. because there was a problem in your school. Everything right. was good. It just he really had a, this plan. Right. Yeah. We love school. There was no problem at all. Um, in fact, on my dream board, I had put that I wanted to spend more time with my kids. And so I guess that's God's funny way of saying, uh -huh. okay, well, Yeah, he looked at your you dream go. board. <laughs> yeah. He was like, okay, we can do this We one. can Check. make that happen. Homeschool. Homeschool, yeah. So that's what we did. Um, but it it was not an easy process. Like yeah. it was a very, like you said, spur of the moment. Um, we had to make a quick decision. Like I said, we were going to wait until Christmas break. And um, after I went and registered Avery, um, we found out he got the teacher that he wanted. We were super excited about that. But on the way home, I could not shake this feeling. Like I was sick to my stomach and I couldn't understand why. I was like, why? I told you, Lord, that we would do this after Christmas. Like I've done put that out there, you know. Um, it's going to happen. We told you how this yeah, was going to work. Yeah, this is going to happen after Christmas. Um, but um, that was not his plan. Yeah. And he made that very clear. And so when we got home, we just prayed and prayed and prayed about it and decided to um, listen to him and be obedient to him and, and start it, even though I was scared to death. Yeah. Obviously don't have an education degree. Um, wasn't sure how I was going to teach my children, but this was not my decision. Right. It was his. And I knew that I had to listen to him and believe that if he was telling me to do it, then that's what I needed to do. So your doubts really came not whether or not you should or should not, because you felt really clear about that. I was going to do it, yeah. You were going to do it. Your doubts came when it was a, all a timing thing. I got, I would be better at this at Christmas, after Christmas. Right, not than three now. days to right. prepare. three days to prepare. Yeah. But you pushed through that, uh, yeah. and you did what he wanted, and um, I'm pretty sure that a plan came together pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, pretty quick, yeah. Yeah. Now, those aren't the only things that your family has been right. walking through in the, the realm of doubt. Um, right. What else has come up? Well, um, like I said in the beginning about the business that I had, um, I didn't know where it was going to lead me, why that was in my life, um, but it has now allowed me to be able to quit my job as a massage therapist to stay home. Um, yeah. And now looking at the big realm of things, I do believe it was because God had plans for us to foster. And so he's called us to do foster care, um, which is scary in itself. Um, lots of doubts there because you don't know what's happening. Uh, the foster care process is a very long process um, and there's a lot of waiting. So in that waiting, um, a lot of doubt would come up. Oh, you said that, uh, you know what, you said that last hour and that just now struck me we may have some people slow as slow as i am <laughs> so i want to pause for a moment because um a lot of times we do doubt more when we are in a process or sit or or a season in our life where we are having to wait you said that last hour but it just really sank in for me um 
doubts can increase when you don't have that information coming in or confirmation right. and interest. Yeah. So your doubts in, can increase during the time of waiting. And right. there's a lot of waiting. Right. In the beginning, you know, we were super excited and then we did training and we were super excited then, but then there's just like this time that you don't hear anything. Yeah. And so then you've got people talking in your ears about how bad it's going to be, how hard it's going to be, how um, hard the days are going to be. And, you know, you're just going, oh, my God, you know, I've got two kids. We are homeschooling. I do have a home-based business. You know, we're busy. Can yeah. I do this? Can I really do this? And I had really stepped back and thought, well, maybe this is not our time or maybe we shouldn't do it right now or maybe, you know, whatever. Um, and it was so funny how God works because I just talked to him like he's just my friend. You know, we just have conversations just like this. Which is amazing yeah. because... He is. He is. And exactly. we have a tendency to um, to think we have to change the way we talk to communicate with God. But, you know, just chit chat with we him. We just talk to him. Yeah, Interesting. So I was Thank telling you. him that, um, nothing lost my friend. So I was telling him, I was like, I just don't know that um, this is for us right now. You know, Avery's almost 10, Presley's four. God, again, the timing again I'm not, telling him. Have you observed right. our family's a little busy exactly. right now? So, um, and all these people are in my ear telling me, you know, the bad things that, um, that you don't see on, you know, right. you see the people helping kids, but you don't see right. the bad parts. So, um, I just thought maybe it wasn't the time for us. And I literally just said, you know, maybe later, um, it'll be better. And I got a phone call the very next day from um, DHS saying they had a baby that needed placement. And this is amazing to me because our name's not in the system because we're not open yet. We've not finished right. everything that we needed to do. A so our name, right, our name should not have been in the system. So for her to call me, it just was like a reassurance that, okay. You're needed. I need, yeah. I need it. Yeah, yeah. That, that could be, you know, our baby that we're caring for right now. Yeah. So it just really just like, okay, God. I heard you. I got him back <laughs> okay. on the trail now. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Well, doubts don't go away. And I know there are going to be more that come because you're still in that waiting right. period. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we're not promised that things will get easier, but we are promised that he's going to walk with us through those things. And uh, I think, let me just end it with this. If there's or have you in this, with this question, if there's one thing that you could tell our family and friends here today that would just encourage them in their walk or their journey toward Christ, if they're not yet a follower, or their journey with Christ, if they are, just from your limited experience in life, I tried to do that from my limited experience, but I wanted to hear from you today. What is one thing you might tell them? Um, like I said, my word this year has just been believe because there's been so much doubt that comes in and so many things that bring you down, um, so many setbacks, so much stuff. And I just have to believe that God sees the ultimate picture. Like he, he's the one that can step back and see it all. Yeah. Um, whereas I may just see this part, he sees the whole timeline and he knows that the waiting is happening right now so that maybe this perfect angel can come into our life right. at this time True. or yeah. that, um, we're homeschooling now so that we're set up for mission trips or something later that we yeah. can do as a family. I don't know what his plans are, but I believe that he's, you know, he sees the ultimate plan. And so he's got it all worked out. So I just Very have to cool. believe in him. Just believe. And you're trying to say yes, as you see the opportunity to say yes. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I'm going to pray for Crystal and her family. I would like you to join me as we do that. God, thank you so much 
Thank you that we can, even when we have doubts, even when we are in periods of waiting where we don't necessarily have the information we want or the answers we want, and the doubts begin to creep in that we can take these things and we can lay them at your feet. God, I'm so thankful that you don't leave us hanging, that you have a plan. If we can stay close enough to you, God, and not give up, we're going to see that plan come together. And we pray for Crystal. We pray for her husband, David, and their children. We just ask that as they embark upon this new journey of fostering, because God, we understand it is a family thing, not just foster parenting. It's a foster family. We pray that you would give them the grace and the wisdom they need to love a child that needs to be loved. We thank you for what you will do in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So now we go back to our story of Thomas, and we were left with him hanging out with the other disciples, and they said, hey, we saw Jesus and Thomas is like, mm, I don't know, I, I'm going to need to see for myself, you know. I saw Jesus die on the cross. I saw how horrible his death was. I saw that. I saw him go into the tomb. I don't know. I'm going to have to see something different. He just wouldn't believe. So here we pick it up in verse 26. It says, eight days later. So God didn't, he left... Thomas hanging for days, didn't answer his doubts, didn't answer his questions, just kind of left him hanging. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, and they were locked last time, and listen, they were locked because they were afraid. I mean, they'd seen this horrible crucifixion, this horrible torture, and the beating that happened before they were terrified. They didn't know what was going to happen to them. They just were terrified. Behind a locked door, it says, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And here's what he said. Peace be with you. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, looks at Thomas directly, and he says this, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. And then he commands him, don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Thomas, don't doubt. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Jesus gave Thomas in this moment exactly what Thomas needed in order to believe. Now, there's nowhere in the Bible that really says that Thomas did place his hands into the wounds or on the wounds. In fact, it just didn't say that. And here's what we're telling you today. Jesus gave him the opportunity. He said, I'm here. This really is me. See, you can touch my wounds. See, you can touch my side. See, he gives him the opportunity. And my encouragement to you is this. When you doubt, not if, we know you will, because we all do. When you doubt, search for Jesus. And we're going to encourage you to jump into God's Word. 
Search for Jesus. Perhaps search for Jesus through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you doubt, don't just think about your doubts. Do something. Search for Jesus in His Word. In fact, there's, it's so much more easy to do that today than it used to be. If you have not yet downloaded a free Bible app for your phone, I encourage you to download one for your phone or your tablet. Uh, there's one, my favorite is called the U version, Y-O-U version. And if you'll search for that in your app store, you'll find, just download it. It's free. It's a great, and you have the entire Bible right there on your phone. When you doubt, maybe you need to begin searching for God in his scripture. Maybe that's why you're actually here today. Maybe there's a purpose behind it. And maybe that purpose is to help you begin to push through some of your doubt. We don't have to understand everything. In fact, we won't this side of heaven. That's for sure. The Bible even tells us that. But maybe you need to begin pushing through. And as Donnie said, doubt, it's not the end of faith. Actually, doubt is a doorway toward faith. Often it's the beginning of faith. Big faith usually follows big doubt. Jesus said to Thomas, stop doubting. It's time to believe. And then listen to what Thomas said in verse 28. He says, my Lord, my God, and I, I mean, Thomas, he said, I, I believe you. You are my Lord. You are not just Jesus, the teacher, not just Jesus, a prophet or a wise man or a good man. You are God and I believe you. You know, there's a difference between believing information about someone we all can easily believe information about somebody. Things we've been told, things we've heard. There's a difference between believing information about someone and believing them. There's a difference between believing information about God, about Jesus, and believing Him. And here Jesus says, believe. And Thomas he believed. No longer was it information. It was personal. It was a relationship. He's not the only one who struggled with doubt. He's the one who got stuck with the name, Doubting Thomas. They could have called Peter Doubting Peter, but they didn't. The night Jesus was being... Uh, uh, on when he was on trial before he went to the cross the next day. Peter was watching at a distance in the courtyard. He was by a fire and someone was like, hey, aren't you one of those followers of Jesus? And Peter was struck with fear and doubt. What's going to happen to me? I mean, they arrested Jesus. What's going to happen to me? He had this amazing doubt and fear. And Peter was the one who said, Jesus, I, I will never deny you. I will follow you to death. And here he was at the fire saying, I have no idea who that guy is. I don't know him. Amazing doubt and fear. 
in that moment. But guess what? After the resurrection, after the resurrection, God kind of helped him push through that doubt and fear about what might happen to him. He didn't doubt that Jesus was who he said he was. He doubted that he could handle the task of being associated with Jesus. God helped him push through. You know, it pushed through to the point that Peter died a horrible, painful death. Tradition tells us that Peter was crucified as well. But that he was crucified upside down saying, I'm not worthy to die like my Savior died. And he had them crucify him upside down. Peter died a horrible death. God helped him push through the doubt. You're not going to die for something you doubt. He's not the only one. They could have called James, doubting James, but they didn't. There are several James mentioned in the New Testament, but the one I want to mention to you, his name is James, and he was the brother of Jesus. The brother of Jesus who did not believe Jesus was who he said he was. The whole time Jesus was on the earth, that 33 years, James did not believe Jesus until the resurrection. And James was like, you are Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. You are God. And James, who was doubting Jesus, you know what? He became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. The biggest church, the biggest influence of all the churches at that time, James in Jerusalem. He pushed through his doubts. Interesting. James also died a horrible death. James was pushed off about a hundred foot tall building because he was a follower of Jesus. You're not going to die for something that you doubt. They pushed him off, and then to finish him off, they beat him with clubs till he was dead. That's what tradition tells us. James wasn't alone. There's this guy named Paul. He didn't just doubt, he didn't believe. In fact, his job was to go and make sure other people who did believe were put on trial, were beaten, some killed. That was his job, that's what he did. But he pushed through. And he became a believer. And guess what? He died too. Because of his faith, because he followed Jesus, he didn't just die because he died. It was because he was a follower. And you don't die for something that you doubt. He was beheaded after years of being in jail. Then there was Thomas, the doubter. And he pushed through. He did not end up a doubter. It was just a small window, just a small season. 
and God gave him what he needed to believe. And Thomas, well, didn't end much better for Thomas either. Because he was a believer, he was pursued into a cave and speared. That's what tradition tells us. Because he was a believer, he died. And you don't die for something that you doubt. You see, God gave these men what they needed to believe. Thomas saw Jesus with his own eyes, resurrected. He saw that. But what if God doesn't appear to you physically like that? He never has for me. What if he doesn't for you? Probably he's not. What if he doesn't do something miraculous that just kind of hits you over the head and says, wow, there is God. I I just saw this miraculous thing. What if he doesn't do that for you? He didn't do that for me. Listen to what Jesus tells uh, tells. Uh, Thomas next in verse 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That's you and that's me. And that's many, many other people. You see, Jesus revealed himself to about 500 people in person, in flesh after the resurrection. Every other person who has ever believed in Jesus believed him not because they've seen him with their eyes, but because he revealed himself to them through his word. That's the reality. The reality is that God will give us a way to hear Him. He will give us a way to see Him. And that's what Scripture is all about. That's what it's all about. Here's our bottom line today. I'm pushing through my doubt by rushing into God's Word. I'm pushing through my doubt by rushing into God's Word. And there I believe Jesus will say the same thing to us that he said to Thomas. He will say, I I want you to stop doubting. I I want you to believe. Stop doubting. Believe that God loves you. Believe that God will forgive you. That God hears your prayers. And he'll say, here is your miracle that you've been looking for. Jesus will save you from your sins and he will transform your life that's your miracle you in fact you are the miracle you've been looking for Paul makes it so clear to us what do we have to do to believe what is it that we're believing when we say I believe what does that mean I believe Paul boils it all down. He says, here's what it means. Here's what it is. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. And I would encourage you to write that phrase, that, that verse reference down. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4. Text it to yourself in a, in a text message. That, that way you'll have it. Here's, here's what it says. Listen to this. Paul says, I pass on to you what was most important. He says, I boiled it all down to the most important thing. When we talk about believing, here's what we're saying. And he says, this was also passed to me. He said, I didn't make this up. Here it is. What are we believing? He says this, Christ died. Not that just that he died. 
but why he died. Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said. What do we believe? Here's what he said. Here's what we believe. I boiled it all down to this. This is what we believe. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He said, we're not making this up. This was predicted hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ was ever here. And he came and did exactly what was predicted, just as Scripture said. In fact, you know what? When we hear that, that, that Christ died for sins, as the Scripture said, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day, just as the Scripture say, we think about this. Yeah, the New Testament is full of that description. Yeah, the Scriptures say that. But you know what Paul was really saying? He's saying Christ died for our sins just like the Old Testament predicted. He was buried and on the third day rose again, just like the Old Testament said it would happen. That's what he's saying. And this morning, maybe for you, for the first time, maybe you are saying, you know what, I have been investigating this. I've been doubting, but maybe I haven't pushed through. And this morning, yes, Maybe for the first time you're saying, yes, I do believe that Jesus died for my sins and that three days later he rose again. I believe he paid the price for me. And If you're saying yes to that, then here's what you need to say yes to. Then Jesus, this life of mine, you purchased on the cross with your blood and you can have it. I give my life to you. I will follow you. You will be my boss. If this morning for the first time you are saying that to God, then on the back of your connection card, there's a place for you to mark that. Would you check that box on the back of your connection card? And for the first time, you're becoming a follower of Jesus. And now this for all of us. When you doubt, not if, I hope you will claim our bottom line statement as your own. I'm pushing through doubt by rushing into God's Word. We want to encourage you this week to begin reading through the four Gospels. You don't have to sit down and read them all at once. Just read a little bit a day. Maybe a chapter or a paragraph a day. Just start with Matthew and then read through that just a little bit every day. Then Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, and then keep going, maybe through the book of Acts. But will you read by will you will you handle the doubts that you have in life by rushing into God's word? And I believe that if you do, it may not happen today or tomorrow, but eventually God is going to give you what you need to believe. Let's pray. Jesus, you told Thomas that he believed because he had seen you with his eyes. But then you said, blessed are all of those who will believe and have not seen me physically. But God, I am so thankful that you have given us your word 
so that we can not just know information about you, but we can know you as our friend. We can know you and walk with you. And God, we can push through our doubts if we will rush into your word. Help us to do that this week. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, the one who died for us, we are so thankful. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.